joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Kareem Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we're in the house for episode 127. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting week. Anything run across your radar? Yeah, I caught up on um, The Boys Season 2 this week. Nice. And then um, nice, nice. I caught up on the uh, uh, the Justice League Snyder Cut. Mm. And um, yeah, so... So I'm going to watch that this weekend, feeling. so we could talk about that on Sunday show um did you enjoy it oh hell yeah good okay it, it cool. was like I, I heard why it was like why 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 why, why did they choose if you had this the why way? did you did if you had this all along why did you give me that bullshit I, i've had that same question run through my head at times but i'm looking forward to it because it's interesting the critics actually didn't rate it very well but all the fans rated it very well and i typically go with fan ratings over critic ratings so i'm looking forward to it um, because as I was telling you, the, the, the critic ratings from the pre-release, um, was that it was way too long. It was boring. And I have a feeling that might've been fabrication from the, this, uh, who, from a crowd who wants the original Justice League to, <laughs> to be all there is. Yeah. The only or, remnant. Or, or not even that the only, <laughs> all there is, they, they just don't want it. They want it to, to, to you know what I mean? It's their baby type of thing. And they Ooh, don't want to admit gross. that anything that's else an ugly can be baby. better. Because that doesn't make, because it, it doesn't make sense that so many people who watched it enjoyed it. If it's a genuinely boring movie. Because even people who like boring movies would be like, no, it was boring, but I enjoyed it otherwise. No, everyone's like, no, 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 it was good. Yeah. And so I'm just like, okay. I, I would say that there were some slow parts. Well, yeah, it's a four-hour movie. I mean, you feel me? There's got to be a pacing change exactly. at some point. So yeah. it's like I don't know, man. I, I honestly would give it like an eight out of ten. Sure. Really? Easily. Whew. Okay. Easily. So that'll be a good one. And um, what else did you say you caught? Uh the boys season two. I caught I, up on that. Yes. So I talked about my end of it. Did you enjoy that? Oh yeah, that shit was. It was. It was pretty hilarious. Like I was a bit wary going into it because I was just like. It's one of those things where, you know, they kind of write themselves of into shit. a corner. I mean, I'm used to that. I mean, they, they wrote themselves into a corner. So it's like, all right, so. What do you mean? Um, Because, you know, uh, Homelander is Superman. And he catches mm-hmm. Butcher, like, dead to rights at the end of season one. And he's back in season two. So I'm like, oh, and he has okay. no powers. So I'm like, mm, guys, you're going to gonna have to be pretty good with this one. And they were pretty good about it. The only thing that, more or less, they, they didn't really... It's just that they didn't, they didn't explain his memory loss, which they just kind of like never, never, it just never came up again. You know what I mean? You remember? Cause he just mm-hmm. appeared in the, in the, in the, um, Billy? he appeared in the parking lot. Butcher. Yeah. yeah. He appeared in the parking lot and he was trying to write down what he remembered from where he was. I but, assume he was drugged. I just, I, in my head, he was behaving like he was drugged, but you're right. They never explicitly said what happened. You know I, mean? I just that, made the assumption in my head. It just, but that—that's the only thing. But other than that, I thought it—I thought it was super duper fun. I really liked the 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 um. I, I like what they did with the character of Stormfront. I really like how her Boy, character man, came yeah. in and was like, they did. She's such a well written character. That's what I like about that character. She's super well written. Yes, I thought she was really well played. Yes, I think I think that the person who put or the woman who put the performance in did an extremely good job. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. That was just my I didn't I don't know if, if it was the writing or direction, but yeah, I felt like that character was very well done. Yeah. I, I I felt it was the performance, but yeah, I could see it coming from writing too. It's like I, I love the way how she it, it, she was a great bait and switch for the audience as well as mm-hmm. for the characters. And uh, I, I really appreciate that about her. And I also like um <laughs> I like how Huey grabbed his nuts. I, I always <laughs> like when the when the the character that's supposed to represent the common man like I mean, I appreciate you, but you know, I only have a certain amount of patience for bitching and whining. So, oh, it was really nice that um, Huey kind of grabbed his nuts like really early in season two, and was just like, "Hey, maybe I should lead, guys, right?" <laughs> he made a step. Tried he made it. a step. You tried it. You tried it. That was adorable. <laughs> but 
Overall, I, I really like, uh, and I, I like the way they delved into a lot of people like that. Man, Frenchie, they way to humanize Frenchie. Like uh, Frenchie's, Frenchie's character got a lot of development. Yeah, that was Him and Ki- uh, that Kimiko? was super crazy. Yeah, and and that whole thing when you're finding out like, oh, the reason why he was he wasn't watching Lamplighter was because he was trying to save his best fr- best friend's life. Yeah, who? Spoiler alert: He's a he's an addict, so it didn't really he he didn't save his life. He just prolonged it. That, and. So it was like, yep, that's why I never like I've been in a situation where you see someone performing self-destructive behavior and you're like, listen, I'm not going to add to it, but I also can't save you from yourself. So you tell me what what I could do. You know what I mean? And I'll let you know if that's within my ability to do. But you can't go out on a limb for people who are self-destructive, man. Um, And that's not to say you don't try to help them, but that's not the way you help them. Right. You know what I mean? Chasing them down and beating them over the head with your help isn't the way to do it. And 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 I that was Frenchie. Frenchie wanted him to live more than he did. And when you see someone in a downward spiral like that, it's 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 a dance. It's a dance. You know what I mean? And and if you know how to dance, it's you're not always leading in a good (laughs) dance. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you're taking cues from the woman, even as the man. You know what I mean? Like. It's a dance, and you, yeah. Unfortunately, he did not play that dance well, and it was portrayed very well in the in the yeah. show. And I really liked um, Lamplighter, who's played by Sean Ashmore. The whole time oh, I'm watching man, it, the co- you remember I'm that? Like, I'm like, yo, this dude looks so familiar. Yeah. Why does this dude look so familiar? And it turns out it was fucking Iceman the whole time. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my nigga. So that was really dope. He's the opposite, though. Yeah, you I love that. That was, that was a really guy. clever guy. That was, that was lit. I like that. Um, so yeah, the guy who plays Lamplighter, who is a fire-based superhero, is played by someone who formerly played Iceman in the MCU, who is a, nah, spoiler nah. alert, ice-based hero. Not in the MCU, <laughs> in the Foxu. Fox, uh, yes, the, the the Fox produced movies. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I guess it's not part of the MCU because yeah, the the, uh, 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 they released, the, the showrunners were like, nah, uh, uh, Quicksilver showing up in WandaVision. It was just a joke. It was just a boner joke. Just a joke. <laughs> it was just a it was boner just a, we know you like Got this him. guy, so we're going to slide him in here and let you guys go wild. Actually, they had no clue that people would go as wild as they did. But It's because they're high, bro. Yeah, you didn't funny. know. What the fuck? Tell yeah, you my way to not shit, know your audience. Speaking of side shit, I saw uh, an article about um the some of the things that they had to change for boys. And in season one, I didn't, I, I didn't read uh, all of the comics because I definitely don't remember this. But... In uh, Starlight's introduction in the comic books, in the show, it was just her being sexually assaulted by the Deep. The but deep. in the in the comics, it was the Deep, A-Train, and Homelander. Mm-hmm. And it was gratuitous. And I, and I really do appreciate that they toned it down. I really do. Like, I, I don't... I'm not a fan of, like, the explicit nature of showing things like rape you know what i mean like yeah i think that a good cinematographer understands you know the art in what's not shown and how to be evocative and not overly gratuitous with with sensitive uh material like that so i really appreciated that they toned yeah. back and, that and the scene. showrunners <laughs> seem to absolutely understand that well, also the it's, guys, it's there the guys who wrote the the graphic novel are the showrunners uh well jack I, jack is is one of the writers yeah Oh, Jack Quaid? No, not Jack Quaid. What's his last name? Um, Kripke? You gotta um, if you look it up, uh, the the credits, he'll come up. I can't remember his last name, but yeah, because I was reading the article, and in the article they talked about so as being one of the authors and uh, a showrunner. Did you have a hard time changing your story for TV? And he was like, absolutely not. TV is way more visceral. You can't show a freaking gang rape on TV. That's, That's not artistic. And I was like, thank you, bro. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, there's um, mm-hmm. there's a, uh, I don't know, it says it's uh, Eric Kripke is the American writer and television mm-hmm. producer of The Boys. Yeah, well, I don't know if they are the official showrunners, but they're very close. They're working very close. Yeah, and I thought the, the Boys was originally <clears throat> written by Garth Ennis. I don't have that information off the top of my head, but I mean, it's all Wikipedia. Well, I mean, it's not like, um, oh man, if I see, I don't ever bring a, a device in here. Maybe I should bring something in here to look stuff up because I have it on my phone. I was where I was reading the article. 
Uh, but but yeah. nonetheless, they were talking about it, and um, yeah, it's yeah. Garth Ennis is the one who mm-hmm. wrote the graphic novel of the boys, and mm-hmm. um, but uh, he's he he's might be the main one, but he's not a solo writer because there's other people who wrote on it. Because I've seen them do interviews um with like CBR, the Comic Book Report, mm-hmm. and they there's there's other people who worked on it with him. He we, might be the like the originator, like he it's his idea and storyboard. But there's other people who write with him on it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that they did a great job, and I think that they they succeeded kind of where George R. R. Martin kind of fell off because he didn't keep on writing source material. He couldn't continue to help being a showrunner. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> the the seasons of Game of Thrones that George R. R. Martin was very in, uh, involved in were really good. Those first four seasons, I think, were really stellar. Then the the five and six, not bad. But then seven and eight were just like, what are you doing here, guys? Throwing it in. So, yeah, I thought that that, that was really interesting. Um, seeing hearing them talk about changing some of the story elements to to more appropriately, and also the the in, uh, they talked about the interjection of social media and and contemporary themes into Boys season two, yeah, and they were like, well, that was super dope. It was written in such a way that it kind of it kind of predicted these things because a lot of these elements do show up in the graphic novel, you know, like uh, the um, the use of propaganda and uh, utilizing public opinion to leverage against superheroes, things of that nature are all present. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so they were just able to flesh it out a lot more viscerally in the show. And so they to do so, they got to add in more contemporary references. And so yeah, they did a great job. I really enjoyed season two. Yeah, it was it was definitely when the first head explosion well happened. Done. Was how out of left field was that? Uh, not really. I you they were I, just talking. No, like I don't know if you remember, but when I walked out of my room, I literally walked and mm. in the scene when that was happening. So it was like I do, remember and I found that. it more funny both times. I just found it funny. <laughs> Both times, I just thought it was hilarious. I loved Huey's reaction. That because I'm not, I'm that's, not gonna lie. That's that the would be my reaction. reaction. That's the correct. If reaction. someone's head exploded in front what of you, like mean? that, that was part of the game. They can explode your head, and you don't know where they are. No oh, one no. told me See, that. The difference between me and Huey is, I would totally expect that to be a thing that people can do. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like well, most of the stuff is the pretty most, straightforward. Like, I mean, I feel you, but if anyone has superpowers, someone has the power <laughs> to blow up heads. <laughs> Because it's not just one power that can do that. You can achieve that with a wide variety of powers. And people who don't want to sit around and, like, exchange blows with you and have a contest of strength, they would be like, what's the most efficient way that I can get this fight over and done with without exerting any kind of force? Oh, pop. Yeah. I mean, if if I have the ability to explode your head, then that's a a game changer. Yeah. You feel me? It's like. My tactics change and focus pretty solely around exploding. Exactly. It's the most efficient way. Fuck it. Especially because they can't trace it. How are you going to trace that? Bro. How are you going to trace that? So, so, and now in retrospect, evidently someone analyzed the scene. The, where in the courtroom where the head started to explode mm-hmm. and that's evidently the scene that gave it away that it was victoria newland because she made eye contact like they very quickly and inconspicuously flashed her eye contact with every person before their head exploded but in an no, inconspicuous way doing that i didn't notice it at all it was i so wouldn't well notice it either but i'm glad back, it's, it's something that there. they did ahead of time oh absolutely because 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 you know that only allows them to make it more like more uh, uh legit it was the br- kind of breadcrumb they needed to legitimize yeah. that they didn't just make this a faux pas like a, not a faux pas um uh no, nah, I'm with that. I'm actually, I love her character, man. Like that was that was such well, a good play. I liked her character. Play. I didn't even expect her to be that role That's as well. That's why I like her character yeah. because that was such a good play. Like I didn't see that coming at Mm-mm. all. And the fact that she's working so many angles, it's the fact that she's thinking angles so far on angles ahead. On angles on what? I, I really like characters that are um fucking you know use your foresight, nigga. Like stop. Stop reacting to everything people Especially are doing. If you're like plan some shit. Like, Especially if you can explode people's heads. <laughs> hey, you feel me? Plan some shit. Like let, let me see some. Because let me see some layers and some depth to your thoughts. And I'm saying her choreography of that court scene was masterful. I mean, that right there put everything in disarray. <laughs> everything, even from the position of dramatic irony as the watcher, you could not figure out like what the f- okay. 
the entire game is different now, and we don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's lit. You don't know who's the bad guy. Like, it, yeah, that wasn't really. It's mostly because you don't know how well that power up. is activated. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the that's the that's the whole thing. It brings up like like the enemy battle logic. So you're like, okay, so. If you're trying to fight this person, you're going to figure out, like, okay, so what's the trigger to your power? Does he have to look at me? Does oh, he have to blink? Is there a delay between activation and head explosion? It's a ninja's number one number one asset is, do you know what my power is? And if yeah, not, exactly. I will not reveal to you it's how like I'm going to use it. battle analysis, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to use that information real quick. So I'm really excited to see how they, they deal with that going forward. And I'm also curious as to how they're going to deal with, like, the boys not having powers. You know what I'm saying? Because, like... In the in the comics, they, they, they do uh, take the v. boys, yeah, they like take they're on v, v and yeah. shit. They cut it in different ways. Well, so mother's it's like, milk um, always, evidently, <laughs> mother's milk has always had powers, it, and he, they seem to have, be using his his story from um from the show. Uh, I mean, from the graphic novel. So he's actually should have strength because yeah, he's supposed so to be superpower. Yeah. But I have never seen him do anything that I would describe that would, yeah. as a feat of strength. No, not particularly. Like he gets beat up on the regular. You know, like I know well, they, for sure, Kimiko. Yeah, but I know for sure Kimiko is superpower yes. because I've seen her do things that I can be like, okay, that's superhuman. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I've seen MM do that I'd be like, okay, yeah, he's superhuman. Nah, in the TV with Frenchie. Show. And in French in the show, Frenchie is supposed to he does V like a drug. <laughs> I mean in the graphic novel. Yeah, um, Frenchie. At least Frenchie is like he's the brains, you know what I mean? At least the, it's I mean, a little bit understandable. Billy the Butcher uses it strategically. Like he'll just straight up and like there's no he just uses it like, oh, okay, we're about to fight some soups. All right, I need an edge. Yeah, if a butch is a cut above, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, in the comic, they get around it in a couple of ways, and I don't. And they could still incorporate some of those ways. MM is the only one that's going to be kind of weird because it's like, bro, you're supposed to have been you're supposed to been on the juice Slow the whole time, from day one. Yeah, I mean, um, you need a juice to live. Yeah, yeah, because that that was crazy. The story behind um, MM, which I think I went over in an episode before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, very much looking forward to season three of that. Yeah, fucking Jensen Eccles is coming on, so I'm actually um, I'm never I'm not a big supernatural fan. I really only know Jensen Eccles from um Under the Red Hood. He he plays the voice of Red Hood in that one Batman animated series, and he's pretty dope. And he's supposed to be playing Soldier Boy next season, so I'm looking for I'm, I'm Soldier Boy. There's only one Soldier Boy. Hello. <laughs> Look, man, I don't fuck with Rotic R's as an eyeliner. That's not my thing. Hard you know R's is not no. a thing. You don't follow no. hard R's. It is, nigga. It is. It is the bane of my voiceover. It is so. It's it's rough as fuck. You, hate it. you have no idea. Like, That's amount of times I have to reread shit because I'm like not putting that R on there because the R sounds so weird to me. Yeah, don't fuck with it, <laughs> Soldier Boy. God damn it, Soldier Boy. <laughs> Superman that Drake. Drake. He stole my whole flow. <laughs> bar for bar, line for line. Drake. Bro, Soldier Boy quotes are great. Ball, bro. I need to make some some ringtones out of Soldier Boy quotes. Oh shit, bro. His lawyers will be on you so fast. Damn, I can't even use the, the likeness. Hell no. I'll record them shits myself, mocking him. <laughs> Say at home. Use, use all of that high end equipment to digitally render my voice. Drake, <laughs> sound like the fucking roaches from the raid commercial. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Oh man, but yeah, moving on. In some gaming news, dude, fucking Activision Blizzard, man. Just know that if you you support their games, you are actively supporting one of the worst companies out there. Cleanly one of the worst companies out there, bro. They recently gave fucking the CEO, what Tommy Kotick, that's his name. CEO of Activision Blizzard just got remunerations of over $200 million. Suckers. And that is on top of his salary of $30 million. And then they went on to lay off 190 employees. And it's like, you know, I get it. There's times and, and situations in a company when you have to scale back, when you have to restructure, when you have to do a lot of things. But in a time when there's a pandemic going on or the tail end of a pandemic or whatever you want to call it, jobs are hard to come by. It's difficult to 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 move around in, in the industry. 
to just lay off 190 people and give someone who, by the way, didn't meet any of their of their uh, of their required goals in terms of their CEO uh, uh, requirements. So they had um, benchmarks that they have to meet in terms of performance to be, you know, to to rate their their uh, activity as a CEO. He met none of those benchmarks, but the benchmarks he did meet were the benchmarks that were required for him to meet to receive the $200 million in remuneration uh, uh, for, um, I believe it's for shareholder stock value, not for the actual performance of the company. Now, why in the world would you separate raising shareholder value from the, the, the proper operation of the company? Why would you separate those two things? Why would you incentivize him to do that? I know why he wanted to. In, I know why he was good with it. But why would the shareholders or anybody who's required to oversee this think that that was a good idea? You know what I mean? Like, this company is structured to extract all of, of the resources from the workers and give it to the CEO. Like, $200 million is a significant $230 million is a significant enough chunk of their profit to say, hey, you know, is this company purely here to line his pockets? Because they're lose their hemorrhaging employees, their player base is down, their most of their of their of their value is in China. What is going on here? What is this company like? Do the people at Blizzard actually realize what their company is? Like, that shit's crazy because it seems like making video games is ancillary. Absolutely. I mean, when the, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, it's like, it's just it was, like I Edgar. I thought that was egregious. It's like Edgar said to um, uh, Homelander, you know, this is not uh, uh, this is not a, a video game company. This is a money-making company. company. Yeah. You feel me? It's, Get out of it here. It clearly is. And, and it just sucks because, like, those 190 people, they were in the live events division. I absolutely believe that they had skills that were capable of being assimilated into the digital division. Because the, the digital events division. Because they just did the digital BlizzCon, and evidently that's the way that they're going to go into the future. Because they don't have enough physical players to actually support renting out a convention center anymore. And so... It makes sense that they're restructuring, but they had to lay off 190 people. That's a pretty big fucking uh, wing of the company. You know what I mean? And a lot of the people are, are, are saying that this was very sudden, that they had, that, you know, if you're going to cut 190 people, that's not an instantaneous decision. They've been thinking about this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people were not notified to the precariousness of their job. They weren't notified that their division was ending. And this is the part that sucks. It's like, if you're closing down the live events division, then what stake do you have in misleading these people? It's just a dick move. You know what I mean? Like, there's no real monetary gain that I can see. No, they just don't want to deal with having to calm everybody down. Essentially, they don't want to deal with the PR. And it's like, yo, wouldn't that be, I don't know, wouldn't that be cheaper than than keeping all of these people when some of them, I'm sure several months ago, could have found other jobs? You know what I mean? And then you give, then you don't have to worry about severance or anything like that. And they can amenably move on to a new position. Like, I just don't get it. Why are these such dickheads? It's because you're applying compassion to a uh, to a corporate structure. That's basic why. care. It's not. Like, I don't even know if it's compassion. It's just basic it is. care. Just the whatever basic you want to call consideration it. for other yeah, human no. beings. No, none of that. It is antithetical to the corporate Ooh, structure. And then you remember. And then here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. The gift cards. Get them. They get yo. Part of their severance package is a two hundred dollar gift card to to BattleNet. I was like, these niggas have no shame. None. That is such garbage. That's 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 the equivalent of someone spitting in your face in front of your family and friends. They have absolutely no respect for and you. And then spitting in your family friends' and face too. Yeah, like, they yo, have no respect for you. Get and they, some of that. they know they either know you're not gonna do shit about it uh-uh. or no, if you do shit about it, it's gonna be completely ineffectual. That's basically that that yeah. level of move is what that is. It's like 
you're, you're so far beneath me. Hey, but, hey, bro, you want to, you want to, here's the money to and give back like, to me. And it's like, you know what the worst part about it is? It's like, first of all, you have to understand if any company gives you a gift card, it's be, those gift cards have zero value. They have literally zero value. They're not valued after $200, especially when it's a, a uh, gift card to a digital store. It gets even less valuable. Because at least if you gave me a gift card to Beth, Beth, Bed Bath & Beyond, I can go get something and then resell it. A gift card to a digital store means like it literally has zero value outside of what they, outside of for mounts for WoW. Like it's really that much of a waste. Like it's such a slap in the face, man. It, like that's like Amazon level. Don't give a fuck about your employees. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more and more commonplace. We stand with uh, the employees in Bessemer, Alabama, trying to unionize. Good luck, you guys. Lord knows they need an example of how their uh, their employees can have some form of power in this fucking in this dynamic that they've created. Man, Amazon has created such trash employee dynamics wherever they are, and they purposely go to places with no other jobs. Because I was thinking about this. I'm about the tangent real quick. Um, I don't. I don't understand why people choose to work at Amazon. Like I hear what they're talking about. Like you should hear some of the testimonials. 12 hour work days. They'll video they video they have like cameras in those vans to make sure like you're not doing anything other than <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. Like which I, I don't I'm not saying that they shouldn't be monitoring people. I'm saying that they shouldn't be putting so much pressure on you that yeah, it's big brother like you shit. Can't even, That's intentional. They can't even use the bathroom. Yeah, it's big like, brother shit. Big brother's always watching you. That shit is absurd. Don't do nothing that you don't do shit. You know the company don't want you to do, son. It's. I think. It, oh man, what is it called? It's, there's a. There's a. Uh. There's a an effect in psychology, in which. I think it's called the panopticon, where you have one guard in the center of a circular prison, and he can monitor everyone. He obviously can't monitor everyone at once, but you never know when he's watching you type of thing. Yeah. And it's like a really and what it does is the psychologically is it puts it, it it puts the prisoners in a weird psychological state. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's like it's a very disheartening work environment, to say the least. Amazon creates one of the most hellish environments for humans and uh, to to express their labor value. And I don't understand why people keep working for them. Now it's probably more of a matter of desperation. Exactly. It's the same it's the same reason why they put military recruitment centers in in rural areas poor neighborhoods mm-hmm. and poor neighborhoods. They purposely go to places and build these these fulfillment centers in places that have no other industry in them. And so as bad as the Amazon uh workplace is it's better than the no workplace. That's a, that's the other option, and it's scary how well Amazon and the military has taken uh, has taken advantage of the auxiliary workforce that exists of the unemployed. They 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 are extremely abusive to them, you know, and people flee to the arms of of, of these institutions to get out of poverty. And it creates a weird situation where, yes, they will give them, they will provide them a more comfortable, impoverished living. And people are grateful for that minimal comfort. And so they have this weird dynamic with their the, the people who are giving them the most meager of subsistence. When, they are val- when their value is a lot more than what they're getting paid, it's just better than as I said, the zero that they would be getting otherwise. And in America, we have a real issue with large institutions abusing the unemployed. Like, it, it, it was bad before when unemployment was really low. And it's coming to a head now that unemployment has skyrocketed. You know what I mean? Like, before it was just regulated to demographics that have high unemployment. So while unemployment was like 3% in the, in the white demographic, it that that disproportionately fell on the black labor force where unemployment was closer to 30 to 40%. And so they were the ones being exploited because they more heavily comprised that auxiliary workforce of unemployed people, you know? And so it's 
a very, very, very bad situation. And we need to uh, address this legislatively, unfortunately. This is something that you have to set up from the structure of, of how people do business. And in America, people do business or structure their business around what they can legally get away with. And we have to make sure that we do not empower companies to legally exploit labor value. I'm not saying that we have to be socialist, but we got to we can't allow the capitalist class to exploit labor so much because in a uh, consumer based society, the consumption comes from the labor class, really. And so you're handicapping the society as a whole by exploiting the labor class. And so we listen, I would love to see us get away from capitalism, but if we're not gonna, then at least you know, perform capitalism in a way that could substantiate itself into the future. And we can't continue this capitalist cycle of consumption if they're going to refuse to, to you know, legislate or regulate Amazon and other entities and institutions' ability to extrapolate value from unemployed people. And they do that by employing them in slave-like labor. Because that's what it's like. It's like you might not be a slave 24 hours a day, but you're a slave for 12 hours of the day. And we can't allow that to be the norm in workplaces, that people become a slave for eight hours a day. We can't empower the employers to do that. That's just, on a humane level, we shouldn't do that. We should never want to do that. But anyway, that, that's a, my little side rant. I actually had a whole topic that I was going to talk about, but that was pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> we got to get real about about that and actually it was more in reference to um the living wage as well you know that's one way in which we can and and that's why that fight is so important and i really appreciate bernie for sticking with that fight even more so than the medicare for all because i as much as i believe in the concept of medicare for all in the american system you don't need to give black people medicare for all because we're just going to be participating in a system that doesn't provide us positive outcomes so i'm, I'm a little bit less on that but if you know what will help a lot of our medical situations, not having stress in our heads about our, our wages. That that I think that lower that hiring the minimum wage will go more to to helping health outcomes for African Americans than Medicare for all. That's that's my hot take. Is that the help like dealing with the fact that people are allowed to get paid unlivable wages hurts them medically more than the fact that the medical the medical system is 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 very poorly distributed in this country to say the least but yeah moving on from that and that was supposed to be a gaming topic <laughs> you know i just wanted i didn't have much to talk about in enter, in entertainment but i did just want to touch on this because this story just i've been trying to ignore it so much and it just refuses to go away so i'll comment on it real quick and that's the um the markles uh and going on into now the osborne situation so i remember it was like a year ago we talked about them last time that they were talking about we want to be no, no part of the family and i and and i back then i said they it's not that they don't want to be part of the royal family it's they want to play the part of the part of the family. They want to play the part of the black sheep of the family. It's a role that they're playing. They don't actually not. They they definitely want to be part of the royal family. They don't want to 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 forego all of that publicity. No, they love it. They love it. They love the attention. They love all of the paparazzi. They they dig it. That's why she married into it. Um, and moreover. That I think that that was driven home by the fact that they're still talking about, like, why can't our son have a title? Well, if you don't want to be part of the family, why are you asking for a title for your son? But anyway, I digress. They came back up into the into the entertainment news feed because she did a, 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 a an interview with with Oprah and ta-da, she said her family was white racist. And I'm like, you do know you married into literally the family that not only originated racism, they refined it and they exported it around the world. Like, like seriously, American racism is just a derivative of the racism that English people created. Like, come on, you married into that. You chose to go into that. 
You knew what you were getting into. Like, I get it. You fall in love. All of that. Marriage is a choice, though. And if you're going to choose to marry into that, don't don't woe is me that they're racist. Of course they're racist. You knew they're racist. Now, if you want to petition them not to be racist, cool. But you married into them. So there's a certain amount of permissiveness to that. So anyway, that whole arc happens. And then evidently now Piers Morgan has been going off on a tirade about it. And then he got called out hard no. by, by, by a regiment named Beresford. I was like, yo, I love that name, Beresford. Yo, that's a hard ass name. But yeah, uh, he, Piers Morgan got called out and then he stormed off because evidently it was made public that he went out on a date with Meghan Markle and she ghosted him. On the date, <laughs> and she went and she left from the date with him to go to a party with someone else. And after that, she uh, stopped talking to him. And then ever since then, his coverage of her has been very negative. Uh, and I thought that shit was hilarious. I was like, "Oh wow, my niggas hurt. My niggas so, egos hurt." So this nigga storms off of his show and quits and his mad. job mm, off the back so of that. Mad. Which that just makes me believe it even more now. That makes me believe it. Cause it's funny because he's doing it to like protest, but it's like you do, I hope you know that I totally believe it now. Yeah, like the fact that you acted but, that way totally makes but, me believe. Come it. on, son, think about the privilege you got. You know what I'm saying? How much bread? We were just talking about job and job security a second yeah. ago. How comfortable you got to be to be like, yo, that's fuck privilege. this job. Fuck this multi-million fuck dollar this job. international what, job. You're accusing me of something that seems pretty plausible? Fuck this job. I'm out. I don't even need this shit no more. And, 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 uh, and I'm sorry, but I don't think Beresford would have said that on that platform without it being true because it's too checkable. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. That's it's the way kind too of checkable. shit that, that's an open and shut libel case, my G. Oh, and he, exactly. He would be putting himself on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was funny. But then, but then, but oh, so the whole point of Beresford calling him out was, um, was that Piers, you're shading her and it's coming off as racism, but it's really just a bad look. I don't think, I don't know if you're racist, but you're definitely coming at her because of personal reasons. And that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like it's bad enough. And I, and I, I totally rock with him and his point. Um, but then here comes Sharon Osbourne to cape for Piers Morgan and said, what did he say is racist? What did he say that was racist? Someone explain to me. Yo, Sharon, you're not helping. Yo, chill, chill. Yo, my chill. gosh. Helping, Sharon, chill out. Relax, and, relax. And, and relax, bro. I appreciate the, it. The OG. Relax on that. The OG, Cheryl Underwood, like a G, tried to explain it to her. And now the show is on hiatus, which means I don't <laughs> think that I don't think that Sharon's coming back because... Hello, Sharon is a racist <laughs> as fuck. Dude, that she was a hiatus. Dude, that escalated so fucking quickly. Bro, because like all the shit that Sharon did is coming out when she said that, oh, you can't oh, close yeah, the borders because who would wash our car toilets I've and all of things. this stuff. Yeah. And I, so, and I mean, like, not even just that, her husband. I mean, you let's not even talk about the shit that Ozzy has said. <laughs> Okay, that she is co-signed, that she's sitting there laughing in the background with. So, and Ozzy is high, by the way. At least Ozzy has an excuse. Ozzy's got an excuse. Ozzy's got an excuse. He's fucking. He's got like two brain cells left. Yep. And so, I just wanted to to touch on this to say, no, when it comes to the Markles, I don't feel bad for her. It's a it's a show. Um, if there is racism, no, she is not negatively impacted by it. She was fully aware of it. She She's playing a role and everyone's yucking it up. And that's sad. But it is starting a conversation around not just race, but helping to, to really exemplify what racist behavior is. Because a lot of white people stand on this idea that I didn't say, I didn't say nigger. I didn't call you a nigger. And, and, that is the only way for them to be racist. And it's like, no, 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 no. But if you, if all of your interactions with me are colored by the idea that you think that black people are thugs and hoods, then that is racist. You don't have to call me a thug or hood, but if you deny me access to things, if you speak negatively on me, if you deny me uh, advancement due to the color of my skin, that's also racist. That is also racist. It's not just what you say. No, they know that. They just don't like. I believe they. They're know just it as uncomfortable well. with being called out, so that they'll do everything to wiggle out of it. Like they don't. And I believe you're right. I believe that they've always <laughs> known it. 
I believe I'm just happy now that the the public sphere is starting to call that that particular yeah, line of bullshit. Like, yeah, like because it's always been there. It has definitely always been there, and it's yeah. it's a silly way to to kind of weasel out of like, come on, you know what I mean? Like we've all we've all used colorful language to get around saying something that someone doesn't like, and it and it doesn't mean that your intention is any purer. It's, it doesn't mean that you mean them any better. It just means that you you were willing to dance around the point a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like what the fuck. But yeah, I thought that, I just wanted to to touch on that a little bit because I saw it out there, and I know that very typically I will I will put on the cape for a black woman experiencing racism. But what I don't want to do is jump out on a limb from somebody who. Like when Candace Owens experiences racism, it's because she goes to Fox News and she talks to racists and they treat her with racism. She knows they're racist. And so so I don't feel bad for her. There's way too much racism that is endemic to the system that is forced upon us that 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 we can't avert. That I'm not going to go out and, and, and cape for people who go looking for racism to get into. But yeah. Moving on from that, we got a there's a bunch of shit that's been going on in in the social sphere. Some shit that's been going on here. I'll, I'll cover some international topics and then I'll bring it back home. Um, <laughs> North Korea's new leader. Did you know North Korea had a new leader? I did not. Kim Kim Yo Jong. It's a female. It's a it's a it's a lady. Was is that and his she's younger sister crazy from too. earlier? Huh? Is that his younger sister from earlier? Probably. She's a Kim, so I'm assuming so. But um, yeah. I don't know if it's like China where they just everyone has the same last name for funsies. But like, yeah, it's it's probably his sister. But yeah, I remember she had popped up in the news a a while back when they had said that he had um he had died and shit. Well, she's out here and she's letting America know back the fuck up from what who the fuck knows. But she's out here letting America know if you overstep, Korea will lay you down. And I'm like. What what, I'm what are not we overstepping? Of no country. I don't know. I'm it's not like, afraid she, of no country that is so scared. They're fucking uh, uh, trapping their people and preventing them from learning. My G. Oh Fuck my G. Y'all. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fuck y'all. The hell are you talking about? I just uh, I, it's, that's just a shot across the bow to Biden just to let him know, like, yo, you yo, new leader. We out here. We out here. Yeah, that's that's the standard approach for a new leader. It's like it's like when um. It's it's like when you get a new department head and they just switch shit around just for the sake just of just to show you that they can around. shake it up. Yeah, what a dick! Just so that they <laughs> yeah. have something to their name, so that whoever hired them, they can be like, "Look, see, I've been working." Yeah, but I thought that was I, dog and pony. I did show. not realize that that there was a transition of power. I didn't take much stock in that there was reports that he was dead because you know people say Kim Jong Un's dead all the time or Kim Jong Il. Which one is it, Un or Il? It was Un. Un. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, he was alive up to pretty recently. I thought so. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, it's, the idea that there's a new leader clearly, he's. I mean, I don't think I don't see him stepping down, right? Look, man, but he did look super unhealthy, man. That dude, like, he doesn't pee or poop, evidently, and so he's got to be backed up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but did you see, like, if you ever look at the pictures of him over time? From the beginning of, of of when they started talking about him in the public to when he gained power to to evidently when he passed, the dude was gaining weight like a motherfucking whoa, like ah that shit can't be healthy, my man. You can't be eating all the food in your country and letting everyone starve. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, you, nah, you know it's a dangerous life, man. That that. That and being in that country is. It, I can only imagine the den of snakes that pretty, that cabinet yeah. is. Like, mm-hmm. the, can you imagine that the, that the military leaders and the politicians and people who actually participate in that political structure? Like, it must be terrible. Yeah, I'm sure we've like, all I, seen. Uh, uh, we, we've all seen a, a TV show with with that stereotypical power structure. Oof. Before it's like, like I wonder if it's it's, it's, it's comedic the, though. You think they, you think it's comedy? It's probably it's pure comedy. Nah, from our perspective, <laughs> it's comedy. From their perspective, no, it's real as fuck. Oh yes, but from our perspective, <laughs> from absolutely, perspective. because because it's absurd. Like, like the shit they tell this people. Like, like he don't pe- like great leader nigga. You have to call you great leader, bro. Like it's shit yeah. like that. Ugh. Shit like the fact that I need to refer to your title all the time. It's shit like that. Without laughing, like, can I laugh when like, I do I'm it? Out, if they let I'm me out. snicker, I'll I'll call him great leader. I'm out. If I could, nah. great leader. <laughs> Not even. If that. I could say it like that, then maybe. Nah, son. Like, I it's dangerous to entertain the egos of psychopaths. Oh my goodness, is it though? 
No, you really shouldn't, though. Like, entertaining anyone's delusion is generally dangerous. Like, Mm -hmm. whether they're a psychopath, whether they're a megalomaniac, whether they're depressive, do not entertain delusions. Nope. Because it's only a matter of time before you start to internalize that delusion and then you start living in it. And now you're all fucked. It's all bad. It's all bad when we start sharing delusions. I mean, that won't happen to me, but no. No. Good luck for other people. Well, it's because you, you actively <laughs> don't entertain delusions. I didn't entertain, I'm not entertaining yours, and I won't force mine on you. <laughs> I will not. I won't put those into the, into the air. How about that? Absolutely. But yeah, in other uh, international uh, politics. So a few weeks back, I started talking about how uh, Ava Morales is coming back to power in Bolivia after he was ousted by a right wing. Um, uh, American-backed coup, and then his party won power again. People elect, you know, asked to to bring him back to the country. They lifted his his uh his sanctions and all that stuff. Whoo! They arrested the right wing president that uh, ousted him, and she's about to go on trial. There's, I I think that South America is about to see a new day, <laughs> because never before have these coup powers actually been put on trial by state forces that they attempted to take a coup in, uh, attempted to partake in the coup in. Like, that's never happened. I think they tried in Chile and they tried in Peru, but in the international court, they didn't, um, they didn't try them. But Bolivia is about to try them internally. And yeah, it's not looking good. Because it was yeah, very obvious. The coup was very obvious. Uh, that's kind of crazy that one would try a coup and then hang around after it fa- hang around after it failed to see. Because how, but see, see this is the, the fucked up fall. part. Because America keeps recognizing <laughs> it, but no one in the country is recognizing it. Exactly. And so they so think that with American backing, they can take over the country. Mm, and that's what I'm saying. This is Bolivia. Listen, this is not the UK where there's infrastructure and stuff. This is Bolivia where. I think a very large percentage of the country is still forests. It's not <laughs> the kind of place where America is about to start a ground war with the locals to keep you in power. Yeah. That you know what I mean? Like very poorly planned out. Terribly, yo. This this chick I mean, is about to get put on trial. I don't know. Regardless of who's backing your coup, bro, if your crew don't go right the first time, dip. Don't well, hang out, bro. It, it well, it did so technically the coup worked. But then they tried to they tried to institute democracy again and they democratically elected the guy they just you know that was me the day I got the election, the next day I'd have disappeared, my nigga. You would never fight me. That's my point. I would never leave the presidential. That's my point. Like Mm -mm. the oh, word? Mm. All right, for sure. Yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Just hang on. I'm coming right downstairs real quick. We'll do the exchange of power, all that shit. Give him a number, we'll be down with him just a moment, right? Nigga, I'm packing a bag and I'm hopping out the window. Nigga, what? I'm I'm calling them same people. Hey, could y'all send me a plane, some covert shit? I need to get out of here. Bro, yeah, like failing a coup, that's, I mean. Or failing failing to establish power after the coup. Yeah, that's 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 where they fucked up. They didn't, they, they, they performed the coup. They ousted. I mean, they they drove him out of the country. Evo Morales won the election from outside the country, technically, because he had to have proxies in the country actually running and doing that stuff. But everyone knew it was a proxy for him. The Moss Party was was well represented, <laughs> and so yeah, it's just that I think that Bolivia is a really really interesting place right now in the world, and they are setting a lot of great precedents in how to combat globalization. And not that you don't want to be part of the global market. You don't want to be subsumed by the global market. And that's some part of, that, uh, uh, of these, this world economics that people are having a real big problem with is how do you participate in it without being subsumed by it? And it's, it's good to have a global market. It's bad to lose your identity in it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of countries are doing that. Countries like Ireland. You know what I mean? Like. International economics mostly looks at them as a tax haven. The island of man. You know what I mean? The, the, those, that's a country that is just a tax haven. You know, these, these, these things, these, you know, our globalization strategy has become very bad. And so I think that Bolivia is a place to watch for, for 
a good example of how to try to participate in a healthy way without losing yourself as a nation. And because you have to step down from the global identity to the national identity to the to the individual identity, you know what I mean? To the, from from the national to the community to the individual, you know, we have to maintain all of those those places of identity because that's how you know your role in the greater scheme. You know, when you're subsumed in all of that, you just become a cog. Mm-hmm. You know, you just spin, you get washed away, mm, and it ain't good. But yeah, so yeah, moving on from that into the other news. What else been going on? Uh, <laughs> So a lot of U.S. countries, um, U.S. countries, a lot of European countries have been um, stopping use of the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine because it's been having complications. Once again, a byproduct of not testing the vaccine long enough. And the worst part is, is that all of those countries that now have the AstraZeneca vaccine are creating a campaign to send it to third world countries to help get them vaccinated. And it's just like... You guys are really fucked up, man. You just suspended use of it in several countries only to say that we'll give it to other people because it's mostly safe. (laughs) Of course, for those countries to get it, they'll have to sign a waiver that releases you of liability for anyone who gets hurt. You see what I mean? This is why Jamaicans are pissed at the government. This is why many countries' citizens are pissed at their government for getting involved in this when they were isolated enough to deal with it with their local medicine. Dealing with COVID without vaccines in a small scale is not as hard as one might think, especially when you're on an island and mostly is tourism. They're separated from the population anyway. Like you, there's protocols and policies that can be taken to deal with this without having to be invasive in people's lives and bodies, period. But instead of doing that sensibly, they want to tell you get off the street at night as if that's the real thing that's going to prevent people from spreading COVID and not really regulating the interactions during the busiest parts of the day when the sun is out. Just a bunch of bullshit, man. And and them suspending use of the AstraZeneca vaccine in in several European countries just goes to show the malfeasance that that went into the development and the distribution of this vaccine, period. All shit that I was talking about when it first happened. This is why we didn't trust those companies to begin with. This is why I stressed Let's get the let's get the mechanical things in effect. Let's get people at least trusting that. Because if, if we can't do that, then the vaccination going to be irrelevant. It's going to generally be irrelevant because we'll never reach a distribution level of the vaccine uh, that is effective to actually stymieing the virus. But who listens to the common man, right? Who listens to to the talking heads on the internet? We don't know what we're talking about. Moving on from that, uh, we really, uh, I, I was looking at this fucking, this tragedy that happened in Atlanta, where this incel, like literally, and that's not even pejoratively, evidently, this 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 guy who went and murdered eight people at some massage parlors in Atlanta, uh, the report is saying that this was not racially motivated, even though six of the people he killed was Asian. It was... It was motivated through sexual frustration, which I don't know if that's better. Like, I don't know why they're saying that. Like, oh, okay, whoo, we thought he was racist, but really, he was just sexually deprived. So, which is a bad day, guys. Which I can't believe that they described this motherfucker as just having a bad day. Like, you guys will never look at your own and be reflective and say, hey, you know what? This is one of our own. He is a young white American. He's part of your demographic. He's part of your community. He's exhibiting an extreme malaise. Be a little bit self-reflective and say, hey, is this something that we are perpetuating as a culture? Maybe it's not. But you but but the Caucasian community refuses to be at least be reflective enough to say, hey, you know what? Not having sex shouldn't make you do that. Like that's <laughs> weird. Like that's that's very problematic. That's you know weird. what I mean? And 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 you see this, you, you you see stupid shit in all communities. Like you see, you know, I just saw a story of a black guy who murdered his baby mama's girlfriend for over an argument. You know what I mean? Like people murder for dumb reasons all the time. I get it, but there's 
murders out of ignorance and there's murders that stem very much from rhetoric and cultural ideals that are perpetuated. That's a level of entitlement to, 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 to kill someone you do not know. You know what I mean? Like it's ignorant to kill your baby mama's girlfriend because you were arguing with her. That's just ignorance. There's no overarching cultural value that tells young black men to murder the significant other of their girlfriends. That's not a cultural thing. But there is a overarching cultural value that tells young white men that you deserve the best. And you deserve everything in the world that you want. And nobody should ever deny you that. And if someone chooses to deny you that, you take up arms and you go and you aggrieve them. There's a cultural value that says that in America. And that's problematic. And Caucasian people need to address that. Because no one tells young black men that they have the right to take up arms when they are disenfranchised by society. And they shouldn't tell them that. I'm not telling young black I'm saying, why don't we all operate under that auspice? Why don't we all operate under the idea that we will not, we will not uh, uh, downplay when people commit murder because of whatever reason just because they're they're white like we we need to normalize that because this dude was however old he was and he was a kid but tamir rice was 12 years old and he was a man and they shot him dead but yet this fucker gets to walk around profiling fucking because this was a race related crime you can't tell me that Six out of the eight people are Asian, and he wasn't aiming for Asian people. You can't tell me that six out of the, the, the eight people were women, and he wasn't gunning for women. He, would, he had a very set idea of who he was trying to kill. And, we, and that needs to be addressed, because that was taught to him. That was, he was taught to hate those people. You know what I mean? Like... What 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 life experience are you going to validate that says that, oh, yeah, 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 he should, that life experience is why he chose to go do that. No, someone taught him that this is how you settle your grievances with people. What cultural, what, what in his surroundings taught him that? Because if that's just a natural reaction, I think we'd see it a lot more. If it's just a natural reaction that everyone has the, the, the you know, the, the equal right of expressing then I'm pretty sure that it would be problematic. It's not. Something is breeding this in their environment. And we should probably address that. And maybe it's not. But if we never even, if we don't analyze it, it's just going to keep on perpetuating itself. And we're just going to keep seeing the rate of single white males participating in mass murder go up. You know, we got to address it somewhere, somehow. You know, and and... And and moreover, I, I, I think that it's also something that we need to address because when they talk about, you know, all this anti-Asian hate. Yeah, I'm sure that there are, are, are people of all ethnicities who have participated in this, but the vast majority of it is coming from one demographic, a demographic that a lot of minorities seem to have a problem with, a demographic that seems to have a sub uh, has that seems to have a hate group for every demographic that exists <laughs> i never thought about that That's it's white people <laughs> white people have a hate group for every demographic that exists that's pretty funny. maybe we should address that it's kind of hilarious black people don't have anti-asian hate groups there's no organization of black people hating asian people there's no organization of hispanic people doing that there are organizations of white people dedicated to hating each and every demographic other than white. It's a little weird. And 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 so let's really talk about this. Like when you talk about anti-Asian hate, let let's talk about the preponderance. Let's not talk about the one-offs. Let's not talk about people who are 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 subject to crime that is generally the the, the type of crime that happens on a regular basis. Let's talk about people who have manifestos and who openly state why they hate people. Those are hate crimes. That's the weird part is that, you know, a black guy punches an Asian person and it's a hate crime. Never had a history of it. A white guy has histories, has a whole history of anti-Asian uh, social media posts, goes out, kills six Asian people. But that's not a hate crime. 
it's just it's the as my man Beresford said, it's diabolical. It's diabolical thinking. You know what I mean? That's my ugh, my English action is trash, but <laughs> it's it, it's just diabolical thinking. You know, and 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 it's it's really it's really I think the it's the big thing. It's the big golden uh, yoke around America's neck. You know. And 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 while I don't want to say all of America's problems revolve around race, because a lot of their economic issues revolve around capitalism, race is their major cultural problem. Race is the major cultural problem of America. Maybe not economic, because I know that there's a lot of black leftists who hate race reduction, and I get it. But this is not race reduction in for economics. But you gotta understand. That when you're talking about American culture, it's not reductionist to talk about race. It's not. Because where American culture is today has, it, if you don't want to say it goes back to the founding, it definitely goes back to its reconstruction. And we're 300 years out from that, 200 years out from that. So, yeah, it's fundamental. It's become fundamental to this country's uh, 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 culture, and we need to deal with it. Or someone needs to deal with it because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. But nonetheless, for the hope of people who have to live here, it should be dealt with. <laughs> and so on that note, we'll wrap up with this. Um, I was watching or I was reading an article about um, the 1776 project, which was um, the Trump administration's push to uh, to write slavery into the history books as a necessary evil. And uh, also, the article was was juxtapositioning it, juxtapositioning that initiative to the 1619 project, which was uh, a push to center America's founding uh, on the origination of the slave trade in 1619, rather than on the signing of the Declaration in 1776, which. Also, I find to be an equally problematic endeavor. And I and I thought that this was an important topic to talk about, especially in light of what I was just saying about how do we get a hold of, of the cultural issue of racism in this country. And I think a large part of that is being honest, being truthful, being reconciliatory about America's actual history. Not the propaganda it wrote about itself. The actual history. And neither of these projects, I think, adequately describe America's history. And because of that, it doesn't... As important as race is to American culture, I don't think it's where American history starts. American history does have a, a a certain i think it more heavily has to do with rebellion and capitalism than it does with racism racism was a tool that they used to mobilize its its society around the uh the denigration of humans because they were exploiting those humans to such a great degree for the economic base of this country they needed that free labor. White people weren't going to build a White House. They weren't going to build any of those things. You know what I mean? Like they they left Europe because they were the lower class. They were the laborer class that was doing those things. You know? And so they left so that they can partake and be and have some social mobility which wasn't allowed to them. And that is the 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 story of the foundation of 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 American history, the racism and the slavery were just the tools that it used to get to where it is today, and because it's been using those tools for so long, it's become part of part and parcel with with who it is. But we we have to be honest and accurate, or else we'll never get to the reconciliation part. Because if you're trying to get reconciliation from someone and you're not adequately representing the position that they're coming from you're probably not going to get the reconciliation you're looking for 
Hell on. Honesty is a huge part of that. Yeah, nobody wants to reconcile with someone who isn't even willing to like be honest about what the whole conversation is about. about. You know what I mean? And and to say that American culture is racist is one thing. To say that the entirety of American history is is foundationally racist, I think is not true. It's exploitative, it's capitalist, it's imperialist. I don't know if it's racist. Races, races is just a byproduct of the people being here being not white. I think that they would have exploited the Native Americans even if they were white. It's just the fact that they were Native Americans allowed them to use the tool of racism to otherize them and turn them into exploitable commodities. But I think what originates it is the desire to commodify humans. You know, the, the capitalist drive to exploit everything in your environment. That's the problem. Because without that drive, there's no need to otherize humans. There's no reason to find difference in people to exploit, to make value out of. And so, yeah, um, America really needs to come to a reconciliation with its history. And that's not through this bipolar swinging to the extremes. It's about being honest, truthful, and realistic about the things that this nation started on, the, the motivations of the people who started this country, and where we want it to be, you know, where it could be, where it could go. Those are the, those, that is, that is real progressiveness. That is real forward thinking. That is real anti-racism is being honest and working towards uh, 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 an understanding of the reality of our differences, not the, the fabrication that capitalism uses to exploit us. But yeah, go ahead and leave you with that. Thank you for joining us, guys. We appreciate each and every one of you. You can follow us on the social media. You can find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Cree underscore T and at Home Heron. And you can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will. Have a great one, guys. Peace. Take it easy.